Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is technically not an episode of Cubicle Athlete. It's more so of just me shooting the shit with a new friend of mine who is the host of the Project Panthers podcast. And I've been a huge Florida Panther fan since their inaugural year in 1993. It's been, uh, I don't know, last 20 years have been pretty painful as a fan of the team. And this past season was the best season yet. So I felt compelled to have someone on and talk about it. And (laughs) that's exactly what I did. So Brunswick, the host of Project Panthers, came on and we talked about the, the history of the franchise, the pains of being a Panther fan. Also, the joys of this last season, our predictions and thoughts on the upcoming playoffs and where we think the team is heading. I had a lot of fun doing this, and I'm assuming if you're tuning in, it's because you're a Florida Panther fan. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. That's what's and maybe this does start to lead into the the Panthers conversation, because I think that's where there's a shift that's happening in the team, which is so noticeable this season. I mean, the season was obviously the best season they've had uh point ever yeah yeah and especially i mean we're, we're cut because of games but yeah winning yeah. percentage wise they are this is the best season they've had yeah. by far and it's also such a weird season that that's like i understatement yeah yeah because <laughs> I, I i hate to go into it uh skeptically or being a li- like having a little bit of a pessimist feeling on well it was only against eight teams like there's you right like so it, but that's everybody that's just that's just what it was it seems like our division was the toughest division. It seems like Carolina, Tampa, and Florida are the th- three of the top five or six teams in the league. It seems that way, but who knows how it would have all shaked out if every team was playing a normal season. And that's just maybe the, the pessimist in me of being a Panthers fan for 20, you know, how, <laughs> however many years. And uh, tradition. Yeah, tradition yeah. So, like, at this point, I like the whole season, I just, I wasn't, I almost wasn't believing it. Like, ah, like, like when's this shit gonna hit the fan? Like, is, yes. What, <laughs> when is it gonna hit the fan? Because there's no way they're just gonna keep being good. And there were moments where it's like, oh, here it is. You know, like they, they have a couple losses here, and it's gonna it's, like Bob sucks. Uh, the goalie, like, you know, all. That. I honestly think that you and I could sit in a room with five thousand other Florida Panthers fans, and you could describe what you just described to me, and everyone would stand stand up and nod yeah. their head in agreement and clap because <laughs> yeah. like we've all gone through the exact same feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's uncanny how similar everyone's experiences are because of the cachet that is, is involved with this team at this yeah. point in time in their existence. Yeah. Right. It's 20 years of, of mediocrity. I mean, 10 years without a playoff berth in the two thousands. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Below, below um, mediocrity at that point. Right. I mean, it's like that was a they, real. They were the laughing stock of yeah. the league. Yeah. And I said on my podcast, you know, thank God for the Atlanta Thrashers in those years, mm-hmm. because there was one other team that basically sucked as bad as the Panthers did. And they took a they, they took some of that, you know, the like, for instance, today in the today's NHL, it's the Buffalo Sabres. I don't think anyone is, is as bad as the Buffalo Sabres. You know, they have that franchise center, Jack Eichel. They have they've signed the free agents like Jeff Skinner to bloated contracts that obviously haven't worked out They're They're, they're very similar to where the Panthers were for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say position wise, cause the Panthers never had a player like Jack Eichel. And then they, for a long time, like if you remember before Dale Talon, no one even cared about signing free agents or, no. or like no one wanted to sign in Florida. The only free agents that Florida was able to sign were guys who were on the tail end of their career. And they're like, I want to go retire in the sunshine of Florida. That's exactly what it was. So you, you signed 
Joe Newendike, you shut, you signed Gary Roberts, you know, old guys. And like Newendike had some, a couple of really good seasons here, but you know, he wasn't coming here with the idea of winning a cup. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's crazy to see how the NHL has changed, but having, having the thrashers in the league back then was a real, even though the, the, they absolutely spanked the Panthers every time they beat them. Like it, every time they faced them, it was, it was Ilya Kovalchuk. I think is still one of the highest scoring players against Panthers in, in like the entire league's history. I yeah. think he's, he was almost at a goal per game at, at some point in his career against Florida. He was absolutely dominant. And then Ovechkin came along. So it was like one Russian passing the, the buck to the next Russian against them. But I thought, um, yeah, I, I thought having thrashes around was very helpful in that sense because they were, <laughs> they were terrible. And the last 20 years have been awful. And, you know, it's really easy to fall back into those old habits as a Panther fan. As you said, though, right? Throughout the season, there were moments where, oh, here come the wheels. They're falling off. It's over. We're done. Yeah. We're done. They're, they've lost two games. Bob gave up some bad goals. Eckblad's hurt. This is it. This yeah. is it. We're done. Exactly. Especially that Ekblad injury. That's where it really felt like, oh, shit. Like, this is, I mean, the, you you could hear the, the whole league or just the media. Like, everybody was saying. Everyone, that, like, everyone, like, the the air was sucked out of the room. Everyone yeah. felt it. Yeah. Which yeah, was, were... A, A was really nice because, you know, in previous years, I don't know if the league would have cared if Aaron Ekblad went down in an injury. I think this year really, should, you know, the, the league saw how good this team is and that they're finally good after supposedly supposed, like, you know, the expectations have be having been there for five years now, give or take. Yeah. Um, but seeing that, seeing the response around the league kind of made the Panthers feel a little big time, which yeah. I, I can't say I've experienced a lot. And no, and as, no. To, to touch on what you said at the beginning of your point was there's a swell now around the team. And if you pay attention to things like the, the subreddit, um, there's more activity. There's more people. There's more hype. There's more buzz. There's buzz. There's actual buzz. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you need to win to, to create that. And if, if you're losing for 20 years, I mean, it's, it's going to, the, the fan base seemed so big in the nineties and granted we were, we were young. Uh, I was at the Stanley cup game in 96, 10 years old or nine years old. And I just, my memories of that era was like, I mean, that was oh, Florida's man. team. That was Florida. Like we were better than the heat. We were better, like better than the dolphins like none of them were going to the, i don't know it was just well it, the lightning back then were also irrelevant like they were what the panthers were in the 2000s yeah right? like they yeah. were a terrible were, hockey team they were really bad for for those first like 10 years or so right yeah 10 years yeah for tortorella basically right so. right right um but yeah and then just like what a i don't know i just i remember the the ice rinks were popping up left and right these panther camps youth programs that were popping up left and right i would I was going to these like player signings everywhere. They were always at like the malls. And I was me like, I knew so many of the players that I'd met so many times. John Van Beesbrook's son was my goalie for two years and just like a house league yeah, team. That's pretty cool. Um, I, uh, uh, Dino Cicerelli's daughter was in my class in sixth and seventh grade. Like, so it was just like, I don't know, just pa Panthers were such a big part of the community down there. And then once I hit high school, like nobody even like knew what the pan who the Panthers were. Like they're like, oh, we have a hockey team here. Like it literally, yeah. like they just you'd go to a. They were where did I hear this recently? That uh, Doug McLean, the Panthers coach from the nineties, was. Uh, I guess he still has a house in South Florida. I don't know if he lives there throughout the year, but he was um, at some bar I think in Delray Beach, and the Panthers were in the playoffs. I think this was two thousand sixteen or maybe two thousand twelve. Either either way. 
and he was at a bar and he asked them to put on the Panthers game. And the bartender said to him, the Carolina Panthers aren't playing right now. The, oh, NFL, wow. the NFL team. He's yeah. like, holy shit. Like your local hockey teams in the playoffs right now. And you're at like a sports bar and they're like, what? The, the, the NFL team, Carolina Panthers aren't so like that tells you, it really paints a picture of just like what that team became in that community. And especially when they moved to like the, where the arena is, it's kind of a weird place. Um, yep. Yep. I've so, been to the arena. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like a 40 minute drive from anything significant. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like smack in the middle of suburbia. I mean, I, I grew up right there, you know, like, so it's like right near Sawgrass Mills area. Like, yeah. That's yeah. So it's like, it's funny that company actually makes, they make malls all around North yeah. America and they have a Vaughn mills up here mm. Same company. It's the same idea. Outdoor style shopping center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't play as well up here as it does in South Florida, but right. Right. Uh, they do Ontario mills out, out West, you know, you know, like in yeah. California, I don't know if you've heard of Ontario mills, same idea. It's the same guys. Okay. That's Sawgrass funny. mills, Ontario yeah. mills. Yeah. Yeah. Vaughn mills. Um, they all do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird move. It's a weird uh, place to be. And I think that what's, what's the, you might know better than I do what their deal is with that arena right now. I think they're, they have a lease, I believe until 2026, I want to say it just got um, extended. Didn't it? it did get extended. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think if the team continues down this path of success, that won't even be a discussion yeah. um, down the road. You know, people, people have commented. I mean, I face, I, f- I face a lot of it up here, up North in Canada. Um, I really need really to clutch ask their you pearls. about that. People really clutch their pearls about hockey up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of pearl clutching. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy, actually. Like, uh, okay, I'm a fan of hockey. I love this sport. I've been playing it since I was a little kid. It's, it is my number one sport. And my entire life, I've always just wanted the sport to grow. I've always wanted people to love hockey the way I love hockey, you know? Um, and I, I see that, you know, I like other sports. I'm a sports guy, you know? But nothing is like hockey to me. And I never understood the the stance that hockey fans have, especially up here up north, saying vehemently, like, hockey can't survive in the south. Hockey is dead in the south. It's not popular. No one cares about it down there. Blah, 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 blah. It's... And and Florida and Phoenix are... are, are sorry, Arizona now is is are the often brought up examples. Atlanta as well. But, I mean... People, people have short, short memories. You know, yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins in the early 2000s could not sell out a game for the life of them. Yeah. The igloo was empty. The old igloo was empty often. You know, they were a terrible hockey team after that Yager team and, and little late Mario run. They were bad. They were bad for a little while there between Mario and, and Sydney. And they almost moved. Like Mario Lemieux basically had to come in and buy the hockey team at the 11th hour, put in like a, a, a last ditch offer and keep the penguins in Pittsburgh. Ottawa almost lost their team. Yeah. Ottawa, the capital of Canada where hockey is its unofficial sport, like national sport. Lacrosse is the national sport. Um, lacrosse is the national lacrosse sport. Is the national sport of Canada. Yes. Not really? hockey. Yeah. 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 I remember um, hearing curling was the national sport, but I think that's just people taking a jab. That's just people. Yeah, that is that is one hundred percent. Oh, you're a hoser, eh, bud? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Calgary, Calgary, another franchise, long history, Stanley yeah. Cup winners, um, almost lost their franchise because they refused to to 
renovate the saddle dome and people weren't showing up because the flames were god awful in the 90s i think chicago had a a period there where they had a hard time selling the local blackouts they wouldn't show tv like um what's his name i can't remember the the owner's name now i was just blanking on it but uh he he would black out the the games basically forcing people to come to the games the united center if you wanted to watch the blackhawks play but they were awful yeah were atrocious eric daze was your best scorer back then like they were they were terrible hockey teams so Apply this to Florida where, you know, it's not Calgary. So during the winter months, when the hockey season is on, you don't, you're not stuck at home doing nothing. Yeah. You're going on your boat. You're going fishing. You're at the beach. You're enjoying yourself. You're living life, right? Yeah. Like life is too good in Miami to sit around watching a crappy hockey team inside, right? And yeah. like they weren't just a crappy hockey team. They were the worst hockey team. For a long time, years and years of losing like that is is going to wear on your franchise and wear on your reputation. And yeah. they, it it got to the point, like you said, where they basically had no reputation. They weren't even a thought in bars, right? I, yeah, and I, I, South Florida is a weird place for sports teams too. Like it is even, very, even ho- very even, fickle fan. Yeah, base. V- even hockey aside, uh, you, you hear that fan base getting criticized for all the teams. Like maybe aside from the Dolphins and I guess the Heat now because they've won several championships. But I remember I was a really big Miami Heat fan and um, you'd get that that comment a lot of just like fair weather fans and all that. And uh, those those exist everywhere, by the way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Everywhere. I mean, all the teams you just mentioned. Right. Like they they start doing bad for a number of years. And yeah, fans stop tuning Not in. Everyone is going, a loyal fanatic. Right. Who? Yeah. Yes. Why buy season tickets if you're just going to watch your team lose 70 percent of the games? I mean, it's just people don't don't do well, that. Like you're just like in a bad mood after like you don't want to lose a, <laughs> yeah. a hockey game in a good mood. Right. Like, you're right. Just, like it's just paying to be in a bad mood. Every few right. Days. Well, the the other thing about South Florida having grown up there is most of the people there aren't from there. It's a very like the population there. It's very, there is a lot of transplants and even the people that are from there, they're first generation Floridians. So like yeah. majority of my friends growing up were the, either the first generation to be born in South Florida and they inherit their dad's sports team. And, yeah. uh, and it's funny. I have so many friends that are like that because everyone down there is from the Northeast Rangers in Boston. So nice. many. And, yeah. and they would criticize it. Like, oh, the South Florida fan base. You guys suck. I'm like, that's you. You're talking about you. You suck. Yeah. You were born here and yeah. you're not a fan of the teams. You're not yes. talking about me who was born here as a fan of the yep. team. You're talking about people who, you know, you're talking about yourself where like, I, I'm talking, I'm thinking of a specific friend of mine. <laughs> His name's Dan. And he was born and raised in South Florida, but a huge Philly fan. Like all the Philly teams, his, his parents oh, are yeah. from Philly. Okay. And he's like, yeah, you South Florida fans suck. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you're talking about you. Like, you are fr- you were born and raised here, and you're not adopting the teams here. So it's like, yep, that's what you're I, talking about. I can't chirp that, though, because I literally live in Toronto, yes. and I'm a yeah. born and raised Canadian who but, not only cheers for the Panthers, but also cheers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're also a sucker in for a- bad sports cat teams from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you're also in a market where – I don't know. That's a unique perspective where like you have. Uh, yes. I mean, very different market. The loyalty here is, yes. is insane. Yeah. Where like, I don't know if you're a contrarian or if you're, you, you like to, you know, not go with the masses. And if that, if it, you know, whatever it is, like it's the opposite in South Florida. 
where it's yes. like everybody hates these teams. So I'm just the contrarian if you are a fan of the local team. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes. Um, so I, I can't imagine there being a lot of Florida, uh, Florida Panther fans in tr- the Toronto area. My uh, boss is a Florida Panthers fan. That's awesome. <laughs> like my direct manager is a Florida Panthers fan. Yeah, it's actually it's yeah, I can count on one hand how many I've met, though. But, you know, when I when I go to the games, there's there's some folks in the crowd like there's there's enough of us. It's You're not saying huge. when the Panthers go to Toronto, like when, when yeah. I'm in Toronto. Yeah. And I'm yeah. watching the games here like there's there's enough of us. Um, yeah. Like it's to the point where when they score, we can stand up and point to each other. But it's <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, yeah, there's like it's it's not bad. And, and you know, Toronto. Toronto has had its own fair share of struggles as a franchise. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels uh, when you look at the two, two teams and how they've performed over the last 20 years. They both had really long droughts with the playoffs. Both haven't won a first round playoff series in a very long time. Both have had expectations for years to come. Both have failed on those expectations for years to come. I think the Leafs have had more short-term success because of their playoff berths and, and, and all that, but they're still not really achieving much. So in that light, I think the fans here sort of, they, they respect the, the stick to of staying with your team through the dark times because sure. everyone here basically, you know, there is people that leave the Leafs and just like there is people that left the Panthers, but most folks, stick with it and and well yeah they don't have continue. a problem selling tickets in toronto right they, they do not yeah but yeah. the thing with toronto and tickets here is it's a it's a bit of a status symbol to go to a leafs game it's like yeah. you get tickets to leafs game you you post on instagram that you're going to the leafs game you post five selfies from there before the first period's over it's kind of like going like to a, a yankees game yes right? yes yeah, it's yeah. like it's like who are they playing i don't know i don't i don't care i don't like baseball you know what i mean like it's yeah. like it's that kind of thing so yeah it hurts real fans because people can't see their team. And like, if a family of four want to go watch the Leafs, dude, like, even if you sit in the nosebleeds, 500 bucks is not yours. Yeah. It's like, not at least. So like what average family can afford that? So it's, it's a bit unfortunate, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, but there is like this level of respect in this city where it's like, okay, my team has been shit for a long time. Your team has been shit for a long time. You know, it's kind of like, I see you. I get it. Yeah. I feel you. I feel yeah. your pain. So, I mean, granted, there is a lot of chirping, a lot of talking. I've been told to go back to, to the, go back to the South, you Yankee. I've been yelled. I'm like, dude, I'm from New Brunswick. Like, I'm probably more Canadian than you are. Like, what are you talking about? You know I mean? Right. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird up here. Um, I started cheering for the Panthers though, because I, oh, my, my camera dead. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Oh shoot. What happened? Um, oh, battery died. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it was um, I was a Habs fan when I started out as a kid. Okay, so I grew out grew up out east in New Brunswick, um, and the closest team in proximity is the Montreal Canadiens. And there's a big French Canadian community out mm-hmm. east, um, like huge. Like New Brunswick is the only bilingual province in the country. Right, it's the only province that officially speaks both languages. Um, which is starting so, to feel like it's like that in Quebec as well nowadays. <laughs> yeah, eh? Like they officially yeah. like I guess English is 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 really kicking in over there nowadays. They have to with tourism and stuff like that, right? Like it's Yeah, yeah, and just the, the younger generation. So my my the older generation well, used to go there and people used to like look at you smugly for like speaking English. And it's I like know. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm just asking for directions, but yeah, it's not like that that much anymore. Yeah. I mean I I would always hear the, I mean not that we have to get into the 
like I, I think we were talking about this a, a week or two ago. Yeah, just the <laughs> the francophone uh, issues. But hey, listen, I love Quebec, man. Yeah, Beautiful. yeah, those yeah. Gorgeous. Oh yeah, but it's funny because yeah. you were saying like you, you'd get those looks from speaking English. I always hear the same from uh, family members, or they go to English speaking uh, provinces and they're like, yeah, like you, you have a French accent, like they look at you wrong. It's just like I was like, I don't know, man. I, I grew up in Florida. I got, I don't need to get involved in this shit. I speak both languages, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but that's interesting that you grew up a a Habs fan. What, when was it that you made that switch? I was like, it was really young. It was very early. Like I was seven, maybe eight. It was like a year, I think before the cup final. Okay. Um, My dad was working on cruise ships down in, uh, Florida. He worked for carnival. Okay. Um, Actually, no, he didn't work for back then. He was working for, for Renaissance. Um, okay. It's an old company. They, yep. they went out of business after 9-11. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I'm going to try and get this camera. There you go. Um, so he used to like, you know, I was a hockey fan, you know, I was a kid. So, oh, shit. Um, so things like a logo will catch your eye when you're a kid, right? Like something as simple as a logo. Well, it speaks to the power of branding. It of course, a, it's a badass logo. <laughs> it, it it is a such a badass logo, man. Yeah. I love it. I still love the old leaping cat. I was gonna say, I think you you were probably just as upset as I was when they made the switch. I was, I was. You know, the the new logo has really grown on me, though. It's it's really yeah. nice. Like it's a gonna, really nice logo. I was gonna say the same thing. It it did grow on me. Um, what I do like the change for is hats. I always found that this logo was too busy to put on hats in a small little logo. Yeah. Like it just, it just, there's too much detail. Yeah. A new logo translates to hats much better yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. But my dad used to bring me memorabilia when I was a kid. It was just like little, like mini sticks, t-shirts, whatnot. And I started paying attention to the team, but you know, back then it was so hard to get exposure to the Panthers. It was literally reading a box score in a newspaper. Like, I feel like I'm a hundred years old telling, <laughs> telling that story, but it's, yeah, yeah. it was, Literally going into the to the daily news and seeing, okay, Panthers lost to the San Jose Sharks three one. Okay, yeah. like and reading who scored the goal. Oh, Dave Lowry. All right, like that was like the the move back then. And yeah. the, there was maybe like the one or two uh, hockey night in Canada games I would get on TV because you know TSN had the hockey deal back then, and they weren't airing Panthers games. They were airing you know. Marquee matchups, Red Wings, Avalanche, yeah, um, the big teams of the '90s. So I didn't get a lot of exposure. I remember, I can distinctly remember recording a Calgary Flames and Florida Panthers Western Hockey Night in Canada game because I don't know how much you remember about Hockey Night in Canada, but they do an Eastern game and a Western game, like yeah, eleven yeah. o'clock and a ten o'clock every Saturday, and, right? Yeah, every Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. out east, um, ten o'clock is eleven o'clock because they're an hour ahead. It's Atlantic time. So like eleven o'clock for like eight year old me is was way past my bedtime. So <laughs> I remember like plugging in the like or putting in the VHS and recording the game and watching it the next day. Like that's how like devoted I was to like trying being try being a fan. So and then the ninety six cup run happened and it was like the whole the hype around the league around the team like it was incredible. It was incredible, yeah. right? It was hard not to get sucked in. And by that point, I was like the Habs were done. I didn't even care about them anymore, and I was fully on board with 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 Beezer and the Panthers yeah 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 it's and what we were saying in the beginning is just seems like that shift is starting to happen again and it it seems like 
I just heard them talking about this on the uh, 31 thoughts podcast where they said, you know, or I guess this is a saying that's always said in sports where sports teams sell two things. It's, it's hoping hopes or, or wins, right? Like what yeah. it's those two things that a team is going to sell. And it, it seems like Panthers were always just trying to sell hope and uh, lots of it. Yeah. It's not good. And it seems like we, we kind of are getting both right now, right? We're getting a lot of wins and hope for the future of just like, like this doesn't seem like it's a one and done year where it, it can be, you know, it, it certainly can be. And it, 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 that happens sometimes, but it just seems like, like even the beginning of the season, I just kept thinking Barkov's not going to resign. Huberdo probably won't either. Those are two big contracts that they're probably sick of losing and Wouldn't being be? yeah yeah i mean yeah and you, you couldn't fault them for it either like not just sick of losing but also losing within a, a market where you just don't really have a big fan base where a lot of the teams you're playing their fan base shows up more so than the home fans do. where where no one cares that you're losing yeah so right? it's like you're losing and no one no one's even pissed they're just like indifferent which is worse yeah yeah much worse and it's one thing if you're a player like you were saying you know, over a decade ago, if you're just there to retire, who who gives a shit? You're cashing checks and you're living in, in South Dyke Florida. Was just looking for real estate. He's like, I might as well yeah. play hockey down there. For <laughs> yeah, why not? Looking for but I mean, shows. if you're in your young 20s and you're a top 10, arguably a top five center in the league. Uh, not arguably. No, now 100%. not anymore. But I'm 100%. saying I'm saying yeah, like yeah. a few years ago, you, you know, Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like well, it's a miracle that they could sign the deals that they did, even when they did. Honestly, it really I, is. It really is. I, 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 I know Talon's had his fair share of criticism over the last year and change, but he did also do some good things with with this franchise and getting those sweetheart deals from Huberto and Barkov was yeah. definitely one of them. Well, I think those huge contracts was a last dish effort of like trying to do something big. Well, I don't Talon's know he- always been bad with free agents. Right. Yeah. He's always offered way too much money in free agency. He just loves to be loose with his money. When Is it comes that right? To yeah. He's always been that way. He, if you remember his first year that he came on board with the team, that was when he basically cleaned house from whatever was left of that, like sunrise express era of like David Booth and, and Steven Weiss and all those guys Yeah, traded David Booth early on in the season, basically wiped the slate clean. He signed Verhage or Versteeg. Sorry for Hagee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris Versteeg, he signed Thomas Fleischman. He signed, he or he traded for Versteeg. He signed Fleischman. Um, and then they had a great line with Weiss. They, he put the team back in the playoffs for the first time in, in 10 years. So in that sense, it was a success. Yeah. Even though they lost in game seven. But uh, he was fast and loose with his free agency. And then there was the year uh, where he signed Dave Bowen to a fat contract. He gave Jason Demers a fat contract that we're still paying Arizona. Um, we're still paying part of his contract uh, this year. Still. I think it falls off the books next year. Um, so it's the free agency stuff was never his strong point, but yes, 100% I agree with you that the, the Bobrovsky deal and the Strawman deal specifically, yeah. they were, they were a last ditch effort to save his ass. And then, yeah. and, and I think at that point, I think the writing was in the sand. There was there was no there was no way around it. Everyone yeah. knew, like, if this team does not win a playoff series, you're out. Yeah, um, I was surprised at how quickly it happened. Um, I do love that he brought in Quenville too. I don't know if we would have gotten Quenville if not for Talon. That was uh, yeah. That's probably the best thing he did, right? I mean, it's 
arguably. Yeah. yeah drafting Spencer Knight's probably going to be one of the good ones too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird though. Uh, I, as a fan coming into this season, I, you know, with how bad this team was over all the years, I mean, we can talk about it forever. <laughs> I don't think I was ever as low as I was at the end of last season. Yeah, it was a big bummer. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole COVID thing happened. The season ended early. Things were already sort of spiraling out um, with the team. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Uh, there was like a couple of games right before everything ended and looked like they were kind of turning things around. They won, I think, two to one in St. Louis on their last game before COVID had like kicked in. Yeah. And it looked like they were starting to learn how to play defensive hockey and, and play a more sound game, which I think was complete nonsense. It was just us fans telling us ourselves that, yeah, yeah, they were going <laughs> to yeah. turn the corner and be good, right? Bob Rossi's uh, going to be great, I swear. <laughs> nope, not happening. And, yeah. and then to see them come out in the round against the Islanders. Well, first they got dummied by the lightning in the first game, the, pre, the little preseason yeah. game they had as a warm up. They got absolutely dummied. And I yeah. was like, oh, all right, well, it's preseason like it's like or it's exhibition so maybe whatever right but then they just proceeded to get dummied by an islanders team that felt like they were dressing a bunch of third and fourth liners but they just and to me what killed me was not losing it wasn't even losing because like i'm used to losing (laughs) (laughs) it was the effort it was you know at least back in the 2000s the team would lose 5-1 but man, they kicked everyone's ass. They would right. like look at the penalty numbers in the statistics. Like you have Paul Laws, Peter Worrell, Lance Ward, like all these guys racking up 300 minutes of penalties <laughs> every season. Like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So at least they were kicking ass back then. But these guys just they folded like a cheap house of cards, like just yeah. completely like in on themselves. They looked defeated. No one looked like they cared. I think Barkov was the only one I thought looked interested. Hoffman too, but you know, Trotrek was traded, so there was still the the ripple effect of that. Eric Holla was basically non-existent. He scored a goal, I think, in that series, but he was nothing. And you know, they just kind of went away without a whimper. And then I remember there was like some whispers of like possible relocation or lease issues with the team, and then. They fired Talon right away. And I I just remember, and I, you know, I frequent message boards online and stuff like that because there's not a lot of places for me to talk about the Panthers and hence the podcast. And everyone was just, I don't know if you were feeling this too. And I'm sure you were though. I, I, everyone was at like one of their lowest points as a Panthers fan, I think. Yeah. Because it wasn't just like, yeah, they're shit. And, you know, their starting center is Nick Bukestad. Like, of course they're going to be bad, but it was, we've, we're supposed to be good by now. You yeah. Know, we have these pieces. We have these guys. They're good. Why can't we give them enough to be a good hockey team? Like what is happening here? Yeah. You know, just sort of treading water nonstop. And it felt like that was the beginning of that felt like the beginning of the end. Yeah, I was convinced that that like they were about to become the Quebec Nordiques, and I was I was I was too man. Yeah, I was, I was too. preparing myself for being a Quebec Nordique fan. Like, ah, well, you know, I'm kind of from there. This will work. <laughs> I shit you not. I started watching the Habs playoffs with much more interest. Yeah, I was like, if I ever go back to a team, it's going to be the team that I originally started with. Right. So I was right. kind of like, 
let's see what the Habs are doing. And then they have that. They beat Pittsburgh. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> what are you guys doing to me? This shouldn't be. I shouldn't be feeling these things. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, you're a fan of a team for life for life. To me, I don't know how you can swap teams. I really no. don't know how you can. People do it. You know, things change over time, but I don't know how you can. Because my love and passion for this team is it's ridiculous. It makes it's not logical in any sense. <laughs> the Panthers sense. do not love me back. <laughs> right. they don't they don't they don't kiss me goodnight. They don't text me I love you. They don't say I miss <laughs> you. It is a one-way relationship and it has been abusive for its majority. Yeah. Right? But I stick through it. So I think it was it was just one of those low points where you're going to dig yourself out of it pretty soon. You're, you're not going to stay there and, and, you know, whimper forever. You know, Talon got fired and Zito came in and he started saying all the right things. And you're like, okay, some new life. Here we go. But that famous line in your head or that famous thinking in your head of just doubting any, what yeah. anyone says, right? Years of hearing guys in the locker room say, we got to, we got to play harder. We got to, you know, we just got to want, we got to want it more. We got to want it more. How many years can you say we have to want it more than them in your post game before you actually mean it or something right. happens with that? Right. So Zito was saying all the right things, but you were cautiously optimistic. And I really, man, I tried every year. I'm like, they're going to be good this year. Look at the, We got this guy. We got this guy. It's going to be yeah. a good year. It's going to be a good year. And every year, this was the one year where I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I yeah. don't know. They're bringing yeah. in like, and to me, like on paper, it's like you're bringing in Carter Verhage. Okay. Very weird He's names. Had... Yeah. They were coming in. Well, Verhage was a nobody basically right. before this year. Yeah. You, as a guy who middled around the minor leagues for a bunch of seasons, he was traded a couple of times. He's actually a product of the Maple Leaf system originally. He was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he's oops, um, he's essentially like a no no name guy. Yeah, there was no cachet with him at all. I mean, how many games did he he play the the season before with the Lightning? He played like to a dozen games, something like that. I wanna, for some reason, the number nineteen is in my head. Yeah. But he, but I think like that's too high because he scored six goals, nine goals. He played 52 games last year. Oh. Actually, more than he played this year. Okay. Um, he was <laughs> an NHL leading scorer. Yeah. He, I know yeah. it felt like that. To me, I he thought he played it was eight games in the playoffs. And I think that's what I think uh, that's yeah. what we both have in our heads, his playoff numbers. Yeah. Um, he's a no name. Yeah. You know? And well, it's a lot of these guys, it, not just him, right? I mean, we uh, didn't move the needle, uh, though, right? You're like, okay, Panthers signed Verhage two years. Like, all right, but everyone was kind of like next March or so, yeah. ha, 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 la, yeah. la, la, la. like yeah. you know, just like as a joke. But yeah, maybe he's gonna be better than March or so. I don't even know anymore, right? Yeah, he's a great. I think he's a much more complete player than March or so is. I think he's better defensively than March or so. But March or so is a great hockey player, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, Anthony Duclair, a guy who didn't score for the last twenty six games of the season last year, and he's also bounced around and a lot. Of, he's been traded a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't found a home. You know, never Chicago, been in the playoffs. Ottawa, Columbus, never been in the playoffs. Not like a, not a guy that people think of as a as a guy who can push your team to that next level. I mean, and then you can get as esoteric as a guy like Gustav Forsling, who was a waiver pickup. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Zito picked him up off waivers. I think Quenville is like, hey, I kind of <laughs> like this Gustav guy. He's available. Pick him up. Yeah. And this guy yeah. is basically our number two defenseman now. 
It's crazy. Wenberg. I mean, it's, Wenberg too. Yeah. Uh, the, like I, I made a mention on my podcast, like the, the statistical, the statistical comparisons between Wenberg's last few years or whatever it was in Columbus and this one season in Florida. He's already, yeah. How much he's surpassing and breaking those numbers and, and those, those ceilings, quote unquote. I mean, 17 goals this year, dude. Like yeah, 17 I think goals. There's like six or 15 seven goals in, in his last three years with Columbus combined. There's like five, six or seven players that are having career years. Eager career year. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, Ekblad was having one too before uh, yep. the injury. Ekblad probably would have scored 20 goals this year. I don't, yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. And it hit like an extra 10 or 15 posts. Yeah. That's what that guy hit yeah. the post once a game. A lot of power play goals too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It, it just like I, I was saying in the beginning, I, th- I don't think we we're recording yet, but it, uh, this was the year I started paying a little more attention to the business side of hockey. And I was just really questioning how this is happening, how this works, how a general manager finds these people that are essentially no names that haven't had that much success. And they come into this system where, I mean, you have to credit Zito for those picks, I guess. I don't know how it works and why you have to credit Quenville for, I guess, the, the, the culture that he's instilled in that locker room. I don't know how or why I just don't, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like just from the outside perspective, I don't get how these players who had the careers they've had out of nowhere are playing the way they are. And Sam Bennett with a small sample size is a great example of that, of just like Bennett is. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it is a very small sample size. I'm, I'd like to imagine it's going to continue, and this is just who he is, and he just didn't have the opportunity to show that in Calgary. Well, I mean, and, he's a fourth overall pick, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he had that talent. And, I mean, I guess you see those high picks that just don't come to fruition. And All they, the time. They, yeah, All they the flop. But, yeah, it makes you question, is it because they're just not in the right atmosphere, in the right culture, they're not playing for the right coach, they don't have the right teammates? Uh, I guess it's it's so many variables that I just don't completely understand. I don't know if people do because it just that's where I'm so blown away. It's like, how does this happen? Like, how does you know what I mean? Like someone who's played hockey for most of my life when it's like I just play the way I play. Like, <laughs> what is it that in one area, in one team, you you I don't know, you score. Well, how many points did Bennett have in Calgary this year for 39 games? He had 13 points. And Something like t- that. 10 games with the Panthers, he has 15 points. So yep. it's like, I mean, I, I think with Bennett, and it, I, I was telling you, I, I just listened to him on the 31 Thoughts, and he was just, yeah, he's like, they they were putting him at center, they were putting him at left wing, they're putting him at right wing, they're asking him to play different types of roles, and they're expecting different things from him all the time. And it's just like, you, you get to a point where – you lose your confidence. You could tell your team doesn't believe in you. So like just mentally, that's got to be draining. And you just, yeah, it's just going to reflect your, your play on the ice. And then you get this team who trades for you. They want you. And you always hear these things about Quenville, the type of coach he is where players just love playing for him. I mean, he's the kind of guy that before Vegas had a team would bring his teams to Vegas to go party with them. You know, like, like they just love this guy. So yeah, I mean, that's who doesn't want to play in that type of, of culture. It, it seems like a, and again, this is what we've been talking about is just, there seems to be a switch in the team where it's like, you know, at the beginning of the, the season, I was thinking, I don't think Barkov's coming back. And now it's like, I think he's coming back. Like I, I, I even, I think he's going to sign another sweetheart deal. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And even like 8 million, if, I think he's going to ask for 8 million. He's going to get it. 
Like, yeah, and he could get 12 somewhere if he wanted. Body. Yeah. 13. Yeah. On a free market, he could get 13 million. He's yeah. a franchise game changing. Like, he is a because he's not just an offensive player. Like, not only oh, is he no. a game player, complete 200 foot player. Yeah. And like, those guys win you cups. Those guys win you cups and teams dream of being able to draft a guy like this and, and, and grow him. And if for you to be able to sign him for free, I mean, obviously money, but not giving up any assets. Yeah. Not even a draft pick because you don't have to spend a draft pick. Right. 13 million. I honestly think he could, he could be the highest paid player in, in the league. Like it's yeah. like if McDavid or Matthews went onto the open market, they would, it would be in yeah. like a bankroll. Yeah. 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 So I, I, he, it seems like, They'll be able to keep him, get him to a deal like that. You're probably right. And eight million. Uberdo is the one I'm worried about a little bit. And he expressed it earlier this season that he would like to play for Montreal at some point. Did you he see did that? Say that. I yeah. Did see that. So it's like, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough one. I also, if I'm going to lose one of them, I'm going to lose Huberdo. Oh I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, um, it think... is. A, it is go a ahead. bummer. It would be a big bummer to see him go. It's probably likely because if you're. I mean, what's, what's, what can he get on the free market? He could get a, he he, get he'll a get, he'll get over, he'll get 10 million. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if we could get them both for 8 million, we're golden. Yeah. Right. If the team could get them both for 8 million, they're golden. Talking all these uh, contracts makes me so sad thinking about Brovsky's contract and how much longer I, he's got. <laughs> I know. You kind of just so have to bad. push it to the back of your head and just not think about it. It's, it's so it's bad. It's just there. It's just there. It's, it's like, such a stain on the like, franchise for the next five years. Uh, yeah, it's like your uncle hung this like giant like trophy <laughs> fish at the family cottage that takes yeah. up so much of the room, and you just gotta you just gotta vi- like blind vision, like just like, you don't see it. It's a blind. It's spot. like that Ran- Randy Muller right. line. He says it's like a bad haircut affects the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know this. It's going back to what your points were about the culture and 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 finding players and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of it is is your staff around you for a guy like Zito you're only one human being you can only watch so many games you can only have your eyes on on so many players and positions so you have to rely on the people you put around you to be trustworthy and to you have to trust their opinion trust what they see and what they feel about a player is is something that you can commit to because if you can't commit to those opinions then you're never going to be sure of what the what decision you're making right yeah and I think Zito, again, I cannot, I don't know these people personally. I can't say for sure, but I think Zito is a lot like Quenville where he can stay very grounded and be very reasonable. And I think Coach Q has a reputation as be, of being a bit of a hothead. Definitely has a reputation of being a stern, like hard ass. He's got the face for it, man. He's got the face for it, but I don't <laughs> think he's as much of a hard ass as people think he is. Right. I think he is, I think he understands that you're here to win hockey games and that is the bottom line i think that he conveys that message to his players really well i've gotten to talk to a couple of players that that have coached have, have been coached by him and he's very hands-off from what i've always heard he's a very hands-off coach um he has systems he has styles of play you want he wants the team to go the de- the defense being active in the offensive game is always going to be a, a coach q staple but he's very hands-off and he doesn't coddle his players from what I understand. Um, but he's also not like, I, I don't know if you knew how much you know about the stories of Mike Bag, 
Babcock, but apparently yeah. the stuff after that came out after he got fired from Toronto a couple of years ago, pretty damning stuff. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sound like a fun guy to play for. And I feel like coach Q was always sort of grouped into that, you know, the, the Tortorella's and the, and the, yeah. the Babcocks of the world, the hard ass, like military esque approach to coaching. Um, and I think it's just like you said, though, based on his look, I think he just has that look. It's a fierce his mustache. Face, face, yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. got that angry dad look, and he just looks like he's pissed about something that you did. And you don't yeah. know what it is yet, but he's going to tell you. It's a mean seconds. stare. Just it a is. mean stare. Yeah, it yeah. is. But I don't think that he's actually like that. I think no. that he, there's elements to him that are like that for sure. But I think he's a big time let the boys play type of guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, you, you hear a lot of these guys saying that they, they love playing for him. I mean, you, you, you hear it time and time again, where you yeah. have a lot of coaches out there that people don't like playing for him. And, but, but people goal, also players pay, pay the price of not enjoying playing for a coach. If the results are there, right? Yes, people have always yeah, said, yeah. well, he's, he's, he's hard to play for, but he's a great coach. Well, you, right? th- those are a lot of the stories you hear about Babcock and Tortorella, right? Like Tortorella, like you Tortorella specifically is yes. that he's, yeah, yeah. you yeah. hate playing for him, but, if he gets you the results, then it's like, yeah, I got a lot. Of, he got a lot out of me. And, you know, you hear a lot of players say that, but you're not going to like it. You know, he'll, he'll, he has no problem. Benching yeah, ask your, ask Brad Richards or Vincent LeCavalier if he likes John, John Tortorella. Right. Right? Like <laughs> right. But ask yeah. Patrick Line if he likes John Tortorella, yeah. right? Yeah. Very different approaches, different results. For sure. But yeah. I, I think Sam Bennett is a great example of that, right? A guy who I think the Calgary Flames were all extremely hands on, as you said. Left wing, right wing, trying him in different lines, trying him with different players, not really giving him a lot of skill guys to play with. Yeah. I think that they, you know, the tradition in hockey is to have your young guys come up in the third or fourth lines and work their way up over time. And I feel like they never really gave him a chance to work himself out of it. They had some brief moments where he got to play with Goudreau and um, what's his, Elias um, Lindstrom, not Lindstrom. Mm -hmm. Home, I'm blanking on his name, Lind, Lindholm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, from Carolina, and uh, he he had some success with them. But you know, Calgary is a weird franchise too. There's a lot of instability, and it's it's environment. It's it's a lot of it is environment, and it I seems coach, to play so much more of a role than I really thought it did. Every time you, every time a, a team wins a Stanley Cup. Um, like it's probably cliche at this point, but you always hear the in the post game interviews how close of a group of guys these are, yeah. how how much they're like a family, how much they they live and breathe like what they're doing as a team, right? And we've heard a lot about that with Florida this year, and yeah. I think they have really something special. I think that locker room, you know, Keith Yandel being in the lineup every game, I think is is <laughs> a result of that, and unfortunately, yeah. you know as the season has gone on, I've swayed a bit from like the bench Keith Yandel. This is a joke position to, you know what? Maybe he's a necessary evil for this team because, you know, uh, evil is a strong word. I don't think it's bad. bad, I think the, the a on his chest has nothing to do with his on ice performance. No, no. It has everything to do with how he makes guys feel. Um, Who was the guy that I think it was Bennett was said, you know, Yandel contacted him right after the trade invited him over to, to his house for dinner with his family, like set him up right away. Like he's yeah. that guy on the team, yeah. right? Every team has that guy and he is that guy, you know? And he's always voted like the funniest guy in the NHL. And just, yeah, he's, he's one of the more likable guys. 
but it, it is funny. It, it is frustrating so, as a fan to watch him on the ice sometimes. It is, Jesus. but there's there's human elements to this game yeah, that we yeah. as fans don't see. Of right? course, we just their statistics and their players and their dots on an ice that are skating around. Right, like yeah. they're not. We don't always see the human side of these things. And I, I had a coach in minor hockey tell me, you know, and it, this has stuck with me ever since then, is that sports, you know, he said hockey, but sports in general is 90% mental and 10% physical. Yeah. Especially at the level of professional sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how many times, have you ever played against, did you ever get into a really high level of hockey when you were playing younger? Or uh, I mean, I was, I, I got to try, I was playing a lot of travel uh, up until I was like, you played 13. some rep hockey, but nothing crazy, I guess. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I played rep hockey up until 14. And my mom was like, listen, you're not going to be a professional hockey player. Like, <laughs> let's just get you to like the house leagues and just enjoy your fun. And like, it was fun yeah. actually that year, the first year down me and like six other guys dropped down to house league, didn't try out for rep teams. And we just like dominated. Yeah. House yeah, league. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> that was a good season. Yeah. But, um, when you, if you've ever played, I, I don't know if you had a chance to play, but if you've ever played against someone who has even sniffed professional leagues, yes. even uh, recently, actually, it really? wasn't okay. It, it wasn't fun for me. <laughs> it's the difference in the gap between. I, I've played guys who who didn't make it in the queue. Do you yeah. understand? Like they yeah. just could not make it in the QMJHL. They were not good enough to play on those teams. Those were yeah. junior teams. Yeah. Right. Not professional. And they come on the ice with us and play like beer league hockey or like a yeah. shinny session. And they just absolutely dominate. It's like, so they just humbling. Absolutely, it's yeah, it's stupid. And it's like, this guy got cut from a junior A team. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's la- like, last who are the guys that made it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two, two years ago, I played in a, a tournament in Vegas and the, this one team should not have been in the, the division that okay. we were, we were playing in. Yep. And uh, come to find out one of the guys in their team literally is a pro in Sweden and just like finished oh. his last year. And he's like, yeah, I'll join you. And uh, <laughs> it, it, interestingly enough, it was a team from West Palm Beach and they were out in oh. Vegas. And like my, my beer league team, we went out to Vegas to play this tournament and we made it to the, the, the final that game. That sounds fun as hell, man. Oh, it was great. Damn, yeah, we, we, do, we do it every year. It's uh, every April. Oh my God. It's the Can-Am uh, tournament in Vegas that they do every April. We're always looking. That's for players. great. I had We're no idea. For players, join us. We, it's a lot of Canadians that live in LA. My my whole beer league team. I'll fly down. I'll fly my down. Whole, my whole beer league team. I want to say like the core group. It's probably it's like 10, 10 Canadians. And all we're all in LA. Um, but wow. I mean, you know, come and go. And then, then you, we have like a, another handful of guys. But um, but anyways, yeah. So we're playing against. I, not only was it like I was scared of this guy, his shot. Like yeah. I just, like, yeah, yeah, just, like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not. You're going actually anywhere. scared of the person's shot. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone's just like turning around, like oh yeah. god, like, like I don't he's good for this. I don't yeah. want to lose my teeth. Like, like he's gonna put me in the hospital if I get hit with. Yes, that. you know what I mean. Like, and like he's shooting at like eighty. Like maybe oh, he, 80, he's putting 75. no effort. He's putting no, no. effort. <laughs> yeah, and this just missile Light little wristers. And yeah. yeah. You hear it like you hear it fly by you. Like that's oh, when you yeah, know it's yeah. fast when you when you hear it. Like yeah, <laughs> like it's like okay. Like how was that? I, I don't have the the genetics and the biology, or I don't have what it yep. takes to be on the ice with this guy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and yeah, that's a pro in Sweden. That's not even a pro in the NHL. Right? He couldn't cut it in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. So so another funny story there. I mean, not to go too off on this tangent, but uh, there is a, let's go, a baby. Yeah, there's a, a gym out here. 
in El mm-hmm. Segundo, right outside of the practice facility for the LA Kings. And it's, uh, oh, I'm going to draw a blank on the name of the gym. It's a hockey gym. It's mm-hmm. a gym just uh, specialized for hockey. So they have all like the, the shooting tiles, the skating, there's a bunch of nets there. And the head coach there is, um, oh my God, am I going to draw another blank because I'm on the spot here? Um, I can't like it's a name coach? Yeah, uh, it's uh no no it's uh, Kopitar Kopitar's brother, Kopitar's oh, okay. younger brother right. yeah, who yeah. played he's in a the big player for Slovakia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played he played for I think the Ontario Reign for a while. So like he played in the AHL. I don't even know if he was that great in the AHL. Either way, he's I'm doing these shooting and stick handling drills with him. And as it gets to the shooting drills, I mean, not to be uh, overly critical of this guy, but he was obviously he he looked like he did not want to be he didn't want to be a coach there. You know what I mean? And he looked a little overweight, probably a little too many beers. And he's like, all right. And he's just like doing these, these little like light wristers. And every single one of them is just this insane missile. That's just like bar down every time. And I'm just like putting all my effort into like, eh, just like could barely yeah, muster yeah. up a shot. And it looks so pathetic compared to his. And I was like, holy shit, there is levels to this game. Like, there are some real levels to this game. And that's it's a guy that couldn't Professional sniff. sports is... It's crazy. So it's, that, that's the last tangent I'll be there. The world of professional sports is absolutely insane. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my point with all this was that... <laughs> yeah. I know, we're like working our way back around. But my point with all this and th- mentioning that the, when you play against these, these near professional or some, sometimes professional athletes is that at that level, like the skill level is everyone has a very high level of skill. Like you can make fun of, you know, the goons of the NHL, but if you've ever played hockey with them, they're all superstar hockey players. Uh, Like they're, you know, Eric Cairns is a guy who never like barely scored any goals in his life, but I bet you he'll stick handles circles around you and me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So at that level, it's about who can put it together mentally and who can really keep it together in their head. Yeah. Because everyone has the talent. It's about who can, you know, go through the grind who can. And that's why I think a guy like Yarmar Yager can play this game for so long is because his, his passion and love and he he's addicted to hockey. Like he's yeah. addicted to hockey. It's not, it's beyond love. It is, it is a need. It is a biological need to play the game. Yeah. And that's why he's been able to live it and play it so long is because it's just in his blood. And it's, it's about having that mental fortitude to, break through the, the, the barriers and the walls and, and the difficulties that you experienced as a player. I, I read Phil Esposito's book a few years ago called uh, Thunder and Lightning. It's uh, it's a pretty good book. I highly recommend it. It's one of the better yeah, hockey books that. I've read actually. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, I think paperback is like eight bucks on Amazon. So like knock yourself out. It's really, yeah. it's really good book because it touches on the hockey in the seventies and like his career and what it was like back then. And it also talks about his, his, uh, time purchasing the lightning and starting that whole thing and actually talks about like yakuza stuff and all that shady stuff it's mm-hmm. it's it's a really great book but he talks about a and mentions multiple times throughout his career of young guys coming in and playing for his team and you know lots of potential and they're supposed to be really good and the guys in the locker room just putting them through the ringer and just you know testing what they're made of you know and like a real like you know archaic old school like mentality, something that hockey has been criticized for for a very long time. That like old boys, you know, locker room bully, um, hazing sort of 
mentality yeah. that the sport has been unfortunately associated with for so long. And I mean, justifiably so we've, we still hear cases to this day of, of guys abusing players in the locker room and stuff like that. And especially in junior hockey, it's pretty rampant. Yeah. Um, but it really made me think about how many guys we may have lost over the years as per, like as great hockey players and talents, just based on the fact that they couldn't withstand those, those mental gymnastics and that they had to perform and, and then the, the turmoil and, and stress that yeah. like, you know, if you've ever been in a locker room, like if guys are ragging on you or whatever, like it can really weigh on you, man. For like, sure. That's your job. That's your career. That's your life. That's you see these guys more than you see your family. So if they're giving you a hard time all the time, like that, especially like imagine you're like a, like I can't remember who the player was because he, he never amounted to anything um, as a result, but he was in the book. He was a Swedish player. He was like, I think 19 or 20 years old, all the skill in the world, the potential was through the roof for him. And he just, he was gone after like six games because he couldn't handle like what the guys were putting him through. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that that's right, but it goes to show you how much like the mental side of things really a- played an effect. And, 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 you know, you asked about how the guys get brought into Florida and how like guys like Duclair, you know, Duclair was an inst- instance where he was in Columbus. My, my, my expectation is that and my, my thought process is that, he had a reputation with Zito when Zito was in Columbus. So they had something there, but you know, it's, it's one thing for Zito to bring these guys in and, and, you know, recognize, okay, they have good character. They're, they're good locker room guys or whatever, but it's a whole other thing to implement those guys into your locker room and get them to be successful. And I think that's where all the praise goes to the coaching staff. Yeah. It's so hard to get a group of guys to gel together, especially a group of guys that, don't like look at the opening night roster of last season and this season. It's a big difference. It's, it's basically Barkov, Huberdo, Vetrano, Achari, Bobrovsky, Ekblad, Uyghur, and yeah. Yandel. And yeah. everyone else is different. Yeah. So more than half of your team is new guys, right? It's, yeah. It's, it, it is, I think Quenville is an absolute lock for the Jack Adams for that reason. Oh, yeah. And it, from the, and, an outside and early, pers- early award buzz, he, everything I'm hearing is him. Yeah, it sounds like it. He's definitely the front runner. Um, and it, from an outside perspective, it it almost started to feel like they could sign anybody. And it's yeah. just like it's it's it started to feel that way. It's like like you were saying, like all these guys in this league are extremely talented. So a huge factor of it might be mental and what's going to have the the like what's really going to trigger some of those mental things is the atmosphere, the coaching staff, and all that. It's like it seems like, hey, let's just plug anybody into the system and we could get the best it, out of it. It does. It, it starts does to feel that like way. That. It does. It <laughs> There's does. So many of these guys on so many different teams that weren't anywhere near what they are like uh, uh, on the Panthers right now. So, yeah, it's, I call it's, it's interesting. The Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, yeah. Because that's well, what they kind of feel like, right? Yeah, it, it kind of reminds you, like, when you see an expansion team, right, with Vegas, it's a, a bunch of guys that weren't protected, and they, they kind of feel like, you know, they get a chip on their shoulder, and they have a lot to yes. prove, and so there's a lot of that to it, too. Um, so it, it's interesting, man, and again, to just circle back to the beginning of just, like, something switched. It seems like there. It's I, – I don't want to be overly optimistic, obviously, for, like, how the last 20 years have gone, but it's just it just obviously. seems very different. And it does. even if even if we don't win the first round against the defending champions, which would not, you know, it, Vegas odds are, are, are favoring Tampa, right? I mean, it, it's but money puck has Florida. 
Do they? That. Yeah. Money Puck has Florida. Well, money, money Puck doesn't consider a lot of things, right? Like injuries and yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's e- even if we don't win that, that first round, it's not as disappointing as say last year um, where there, there's, there's a lot, like a lot of light at the end of that tunnel. I feel like and next year, I look, this is the first year we're good how many teams really go far in that first year. It does take some time to, to develop that. And usually um, the teams that go far early on are kind of flashing the pans and they end yes. up like sucking the next season because they, well, yeah, you, that you get that one year and then, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't Things feel that right. way. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see because we obviously can't keep this whole team next year. There's going to be some, some things that happen because there's so many, I don't know, so many contracts that they're going to have to figure out. And uh, yeah, Zio's got his hands full for sure. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, the one thing I wanted to, it, it's the, the one thing we have to discuss, but kind of don't want to because it's so, it's so, such a tired thing to discuss. But the whole goaltending situation that's going on and what's going to happen in the playoffs, I'm wondering how long of a leash Bobrovsky has. They're, it looks like they're starting Bobrovsky, and it seems like that's seems just that way. Is but it's just I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth on it. It's like, well, you have to. He's your guy. He's the one that that uh, swept the Lightning just two years ago. Uh, but it, it seems like he was a different goalie back then, man. Like he's having very different. I mean, you just look at his stats. Like he he's not the the better goalie right now, right? Like you just look at the on paper, he's not doing. Uh, uh, Drieger's obviously performing much better. Uh, a little he bit has of a, been. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you can't argue against it. But it's just. Quenville also doesn't seem like the kind of guy that shies away from, from, Hey, if you have a bad performance, like we're just going to pull you, you know, like the next game is going to be Drieger's game. Um, Bob had a lot more room for that nonsense last year. This year it's very like you have a bad game. You're done. Yeah. 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 But playoffs is a different thing, right? I mean, you, you, a lot of teams seem like you seem to really want to ride on one goalie in the playoffs. You you don't want to ice, your, your guy, but I don't know. I mean, we have two, I mean, Drieger's had such a great year, but no playoff experience. So who knows how that's going to go. It's a, it's an interesting thing. This it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds, but I, 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 I think, I think playoff experience for goaltender is irrelevant. Yeah. I think that's the one position that is, it, I mean, not irrelevant because there's obviously going to be a mental aspect to it, but I feel like it's less, it has less weight for a goaltender than it does a player. Yeah. Um, well, we've seen a lot. Game of, is still, a point. The game is much very similar for a goaltender, no matter what. Whereas, like when you're a player, it's more emotion. It's more heated on the ice. It's more, you know, as a goalie, you feel that back there. But you know, you're still there to stop the pucks. And shots right. look the same in the playoffs as they do in the regular season, right? Right. And it's all about making sure that you're just playing your game. And you know, I played a little bit of goalie when I was younger, and for me, I always had success when it was just. It's a mental part, like. Goaltending, the hardest part for me is mental. That's why I thought for I've been convinced that Bob's struggles have been mental because yeah. he's obviously talented. He's a two-time Vesna trophy winner. Right. Like he's not a scrub in, in the NHL. He's obviously very highly skilled. And we've heard countless times how much of a consummate professional he is, how seriously he takes the game, how much he trains, how much. So he's not like getting lazy in the off season. He's not slacking off for drinking beers like Kopitar's brother and like that. Like he's, <laughs> he's very focused on the game. It's just that he's just not putting it together mentally. And um, yeah, growing up, it's like if you when I played when I did play goaltender, it was just play your game. 
Just play your game. If you sat there and thought about giving up a goal, you're going to give up a goal. You're yeah. going to overplay. You're going to overthink. You have to rely on your instincts. And I think his numbers are better this year based on the fact that he's relied more on his instincts more this year. He's, he's a little more in control of his game. But we've seen, you can read it on his face because Bob is a very expressive goalie. Like you can see his face through his mask very easily. And you can kind of see when those you know, negative thought wheels start spinning on him, uh, on him. And then he gives up a bad goal and he sort of does that like again kind yeah. of thing. Right. Yeah. So I think it's been a battle for him to, to get past those thoughts. I think it's whole, I think it's all his own pressure. I think he signed this big contract and it, because he's such a professional, he wants to live up to that contract. And honestly, it's borderline impossible to ever live up to that contract. It's just not you're for not, a goalie. Yeah, it doesn't seem to work out those big gonna, those big contracts. Sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, you hear me now? Am I good? Yeah, it just okay. like you just uh, yeah just cut off for a second. But yeah, it seems like those big contracts never seem to work out too well for for goalies, right? I mean, honestly, for most players, yeah, right. Like yeah, you're, right. you're signed. Usually, if it's a free agent, you're signing for a more amount than you're worth. There's a line that people say, like when you sign a contract, people people always think that you're signing a contract for what you're gonna do, but you're actually signing a contract for what you have done. Yeah, right. They want, like that's want what you you're continue. signing a contract for. Yeah, people obviously the expectations that that will continue, but you're being rewarded for what you've already accomplished, not what you're going to accomplish most of the time, especially in free agency, like UFA as an unrestricted free agent. You know, younger players will often sign contracts with expectations like Barkov signed the deal before he really accomplished all that much. But most of the time in free agency, you're signing a deal for something that you've already done. So if Bob, I would love nothing more for Bob to just forget all that. Like you already signed the contract. It's done. We're not, we, no one can do anything about it now. Just play your game, dude. Like just play your game. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I think he is starting to turn the corner. His numbers are better this year. He's improved, but Quenville, I think if Bob stinks it up in game one, Drieger's getting game two. Yeah. And you said about a hot goalie, you do want to find a hot goalie, but you got to find that hot goalie first. Right. You're not going to ride Bobrovsky for three games. He costs, he costs two of those games for you, and then you're down three nothing, and then you put Drieger in, right? That's not right. Whereas we did see that. Um, we did see that last year with the Islanders. Drieger yeah. didn't really get in the net, and I feel like. That's a mistake, but I don't think that there was any hope for the Panthers anyways. Right. So I don't really care that Drieger didn't start. I don't think no. the Panthers had much of a shot in that series. Um, but this year will be different. If Bob thinks it up in game one, Drieger's even if Bob is like, two. yeah, I think the only way that Drieger goes in game doesn't, or if, if Bob wins, but it's like six, five, yeah. maybe they'll give, and I, even then I could see, Quenville saying, well, you got the win. So yeah, we're going to stick with you. Like I could see that being like, cause he wants to build something like yeah. you said. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, so yeah, that, that, that'll be interesting. I mean, it's all season. It's been interesting and it's, it's, yeah, it's been the big story. Yeah, yeah it has. It has. Um, and who knows if, I mean, we don't have to start talking about what it's going to be like next year. If Drieger's still with us, the expansion draft, all that I don't shit. see Drieger, <laughs> I don't see Drieger staying. Yeah. He'll make, he'll make good money on free agency. Even if, I don't think Seattle will pick him because he's a free agent. So right. Don't need right. To pick on him. Yeah. But I think, um, I think he'll get somebody, somebody will throw him some money, Boston or, um, maybe Arizona if they're looking to replace, uh, yeah. Camper. I think 
he deserves it. I mean, he's not going to get $4 million from the Panthers. There's no way they're going to spend $14 million on two goaltenders. Right? No, so no. It's Spencer Knight's job next year. Yep. I don't think yeah. he needs, it doesn't look like he needs to go to the AHL, to be honest. I don't think he'll benefit much from that. But you never know what, what time will bring. Because Carter Hart also looked like he was going to be a superstar. And now all of a sudden, maybe he does need some seasoning in the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous game to play there with goalies at that age. Philadelphia is also where goalies go to die. So, yeah. 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 So that's, that's also <laughs> yeah. the thing that they have going for them. Yeah. So, what what's your prediction in this series? What are you picking? It's, it's so hard to call, man. I know. It's really, I gun to your head. <laughs> gun to my head. The Panthers win this series. Seven, six, six. That's why I keep saying. I don't know why. I keep, I, I keep Panthers Panthers saying Panthers six, six is all I feel. Um, I keep really, the that. Panthers will lose this series in special teams. That's, yeah. that's it. And I that's mean, look, the, the one thing that might favor us there is in the playoffs, the refs don't, you know, they, they, they let a little bit more yeah. uh, fly and, that might help us, but this is going to be a really physical series. It looks this like, is, right? Is. I mean, and the refs are going to want to keep a keep that in check. They're not yeah. going to want the series to get out of control. So there might be penalties. There, there might, might be. be. It and could, yeah, it could get out of control early in with, the series. With Kucherov and Stamkos conveniently back for Game One, which is a miracle. But you know, a lot of, <laughs> I, you know, I want to comment on this. I see a lot yeah. of people online upset about this and and mad at Tampa for doing this, and and I think that's rightful. Rightfully so. You can be a little bit upset about them, you know, circumventing the cap and working their way around it. But in reality, this is not their responsibility to, to the loopholes are there. Yeah. The loopholes are there and they found a way around it. And honestly, in reality, like they didn't, my guess is Kucherov was probably ready to play a couple of weeks ago. Maybe even earlier. Yeah. Maybe even earlier. But I think, and at that point, like they kind of knew what was happening. You know, obviously Tampa Bay would prefer to play Nashville in the first round than Florida. Yeah. Right. So right there, you kind of lose some weight in your argument that Tampa did this on purpose. But I think that they knew what they were doing. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? They knew what they were doing. Even Stamkos conveniently going down with injuries so they can acquire David Savard from Columbus just in time with the deadline. And they have that, that cap space because <laughs> Stamkos is on the long term. Yeah. That all, it's all very convenient timing. I actually don't even understand what the loophole is. This is where I'm a little ignorant on uh just how it works so you're you just don't have a cap a cap limit in in the playoffs is that what happens that is correct okay that is correct and the way that they got around this is that if you put a player on long-term ir ltir yeah they uh they don't count against your cap because they have to spend a certain amount of time on the you can't just like throw guys on the ltir like the panthers also got cap space with ekblad out right so um, when Ekblad comes back, I do believe they will be over the cap as well. If he, if they make it deep enough for him to yeah. come back. Uh, so, and lots of teams are over the cap. It's just that Tampa Bay is like 20 million over the cap. Yeah. So they're like way over. It's yeah, pretty yeah. Excessive. Well, it's so, two like their best players, right? It is their two yeah. best players. <laughs> yeah. Sort of admin and Vasilevsky, right? Right. So, right. But that's their way of getting around it. And, and honestly, the, it's the NHL's job to implement rules against this and if yeah. they think that this is okay then that's okay but if they don't police this down the road we will see other teams doing this as well i yeah. think at the deadline we're gonna see this like, if they're in a playoff spot okay this guy is hurt this guy is hurt yeah. and then they're gonna be back for game one and i think i th- i th- i hope you know I, i'm kind of after the tom wilson stuff i'm kind of done assuming things from the league yeah but um i hope that they have their eyes on this and they're like, okay, we have to do something because yeah. teams will exploit this. 
Yeah, like of course. Any, if you've ever played in a fantasy league, you have to make rules for the dumbest stuff. Right. Because guys will find loopholes and exploit them. Like we have one guy in my in all my fantasy leagues that we literally have to write the note the 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 rules out every year and like reevaluate every single year because <laughs> he will find a loophole and yeah. exploit it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think bringing Kucherov back as Stamkos, that's that's what makes their power play so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I think five on five, the Panthers have them in the bag. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's close. five on even, five. It looks like the Panthers are the best team in the league. I think they five are. I think yeah. Vegas is maybe the only other team yeah. that compares to them up five on five because they're just relentless. Yeah, like they, they are just relentless. They don't stop. Yeah. And I remember watching Vegas in their cup run and watching their style of play. I didn't pay attention to Vegas much um, their first year. I mean, you know, yeah, they were they were an expansion team and right. I didn't really care that much. Sure. But once they got close to the playoffs in the first round, I started paying attention to them and and. Plus, I also hated them for being good their first year and basically because we gifted them players and we were actually yeah. shit that year. That was yeah. that was pretty frustrating. That was painful. Thank God we picked Alex Petrovic. We held on to Alex Petrovic, right? <laughs> great <laughs> yeah. selection that turned out to be. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I their style of play was very just come at you all the time. Don't even... Don't give your the opposition a second to think with the puck. And I think that it's all about mistakes in hockey, right? And yeah. that style of play forces mistakes. And if you have the personnel that can keep up with that style, it does wonders. Like the Panthers transition game is, is a thing of beauty. They, and the, the lightning really struggle with that because they have big, slow defensemen. They, yeah. Hedman is pretty fleet of foot. I would say he's surprisingly he's like Barkov, a big guy that can really takes long strides and really gets down the ice really quickly. Right. But other than that, you like the Sergachevs, the McDonough's, they're not exactly fast skaters. So they're they're a really big team. Damn they are a big team. They they're, are a big team. I was looking at their their roster and I was looking at the uh the weight and height, and they got like they got like six guys over 220, or maybe yes. six, maybe even seven guys over. We have one. Yeah. Which is yeah. Marchment. And he's yeah. not like a big two, he's just a tall two. He's lanky. He's yeah. lanky. Yeah. 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 So the the physicality, I mean, it was it was interesting to see in those last two games. Of the I'm season. surprised Gudis doesn't hit 220. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah, and he's like a thick boy. Like he's he's his neck is like my torso. He, dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a thick guy. I saw a picture of him the other day without a beard. It's like Jesus, that like he's the one guy that looks more masculine without the beard. Like without the beard, he's got this massive neck. It was like, holy shit. I didn't yeah, know. He that's impressive that when you look more manly without a beard. <laughs> yeah. That is impressive. Uh, yeah. How big is it? Good is. Let's see. But hey, six feet, 200 pounds. So he's, he's not a, he's not, he looks like he's six, five and 240 pounds. He plays that way. He, he plays, plays that way. way. He, yeah. he does. He honestly, yeah. I always thought he was bigger than that. Like even yeah. after a year of watching him, I, I still thought he was like six, four. He just plays that way. And that's a lot of our, our, our grind, like just those types of players that we have, those, the, the, the sandpaper guys, right? Like the, the rougher guys yep. that yep. they're not necessarily that big. No, they're not right. So Toronto is like tiny. Toronto's yeah, he's not a big guy. Nine. Like yeah. he's my height, basically, right? Yeah, like he's not a big dude at all. But he's he plays like he's six feet tall, and he's like he does not shy away from yeah. stuff. And I love that. I love that about this team. Yeah, Just how how gritty they are, and how they don't shy away from from a challenge and and 
Tampa's going to challenge them. Tampa's going to throw that oh, weight yeah. and throw those big bodies around. But I think the Panthers can match that physicality. And I think the Panthers are, are a really tough team. Like they're a tough team to play against. They showed that fast. those last two games. I mean, it's what was the line that, uh, uh, what's his, um, Pat Maroon? Maroon? Yeah. What was the line yeah. that he said? He said, he said, when we're done on Monday and they leave the rink, we want them to think, holy shit, we're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Yeah, right. that really backfired. That, that I, I was, love that he said that. <laughs> yep, that worked really well for the Panthers. It did because because they dummied them in those two games. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Dummied. I mean, it, not only on the scoreboard, but I mean, it's just like the the the, the fights. Like even the the, the yeah. fights we won. The the hits, that Kevin Connaughton fight was just if you oh, can call it that. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a great that was, fight. That was what that like. Was, so many a man ho- fighting a child. Yeah. That's so, what that so, was. so many hockey fights, you barely see punches connect. And that so, one was like straight up, like that was an MMA. F- like every punch he threw connected, he dropped them. And he, the ref didn't intervene and he had to stop himself. Like that was like total pro cannot though, letting up because he could have absolutely like yeah. crushed his face in. He could have really hurt him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the last punch or two that he threw was, was, quite it was like ah, you're starting to get him yeah he was already like on his way down back to the head kind of deal and yeah but i thought that was the price to pay because westcott literally pulled him out of the pile so yeah. like with his helmet off if you're, gonna, if you're yeah. gonna pull me out of the pile you're gonna get a couple extra shots yeah like yeah, you yeah. didn't need to come get me like this like yeah you no, bit off I, more than you could chew buddy absolutely yeah but, but i think i think they're yeah they're a tough team and and what we hear all all year long about this team is their speed like, yeah they're fast they're fast. Yeah. Yeah, watch they them are. play. They're fast, deceptively fast. Where you watch, you get so used to watching guys like, like Duclair and Verhage skate, and you see other teams play, and you're like, "Wow, okay." Yeah. Realize how slow the average NHLer actually is. Yeah. On the regular, or you see like poor Gudis out there trying to like hustle his way back to the defensive zone, and you're like, "Man, this is what the average guy skates." Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. This Duclair seems to get down the ice in three strides. He's like, so fast. Yeah. Incredibly yeah, fast hockey player. Yeah. That's I think that's one of the Panthers' strong suits right now is the yes, speed, right? Is. I mean, it's they need to use that. They have a lot of guys that could just straight up fly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. It's uh, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, but like you said earlier, I I went into this season thinking if they don't win a playoff series, this is like the end of the franchise. They basically need some sustained success, but it feels like they've done enough during the regular season to, and because they're playing Tampa Bay in the first round, there's just a bit of a bit of leeway there yeah. you know if they were losing if they're facing nashville in the first round i think there wouldn't be that leeway i think it would be more of like what the leafs are facing right now for sure where if the leafs don't beat the canadians in the first round Ooh, that'd be bad it's a huge disappointment for that franchise yeah <laughs> whereas losing in in the first round of the lightning is like well they're the stanley cup champions we finished third or fourth overall in the league like uh, yeah not so bad right yeah, yeah yeah for sure so so i i'm with you on that boat i think i think it's not so doom and gloom if they don't get it done. And I think that translates with the team. And I think that they won't have the same pressure on themselves that they had when they faced the Islanders last year. And that will, that will help, you know, being looser approaching this and especially winning those two games against the lightning that can do the right thing where it gets you the right amount of confidence. Yeah. Well, they won their last six games. I mean, they're exactly, I mean, we've had a little bit of time off here, but I mean, it's still, that's, that's, they're riding a lot of momentum into this where they're a totally different team with Sam Bennett. Oh yeah. Night and day. It's, it yeah. is. I cannot believe what this guy has done since well, we were saying all year, like that we need a better second line center. That second line center needs to, 
it, we just needed that depth and that's exactly what he gave. I mean, way better than I was expecting and than any of yeah. us were expecting. We didn't know. We didn't no know. One, a 1.5 yeah. point per game pace. Like who could have expected that? Right? I mean, every, I remember you and I were texting when that trade, uh, when it happened, it's like, ah, yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, as I asked two second round picks, like, cause their reputation about Bennett was always that he was sort of a, a bust. He yeah. never yeah. reached yeah. the level that he was supposed to, uh, when he got drafted, he just pittered out and became this third or fourth line guy who plays a checking role, contributes 10 goals a season, give or take, and, yeah. and sort of wakes up in the playoffs to step up when teams need those kinds of guys to step up. But it felt like you could get that guy anywhere for I, much I, less. I think from everything that we've heard in the media, it seems like, you know, Bennett came here. I think your point was really good about him feeling re-energized because the team wanted him. You know, yeah. they, they went out and they got him. It wasn't just treading water and, and spinning the wheels at the same old Calgary. Yeah. So that energized him. And I think Quenville just sort of said, you're going to play center with Uberdo and, and, and Duclair and do your thing. Yeah. See what you got. We've Let's heard him comment. Got. We've heard him comment several times on Barkov, how he's, he keeps what, you know, Barkov's the first line center. So Bennett comes in second line center and he says, he's, just watching Barkov and learning, just watching him. I love that not, line. Yeah, and he said not necessarily in, in the offensive zone. Said uh, d- defensively, he's watching Barkov a lot of the things that he does, and he's picking up on a lot of things and his work ethic, what he does in the gym and practice and all that stuff. It's like that's what's so important about those types of guys, right? Like that's that's why they make their team better. It's not necessarily the on ice stuff. All, you know, a lot of the off ice stuff is really. Uh, it bleeds into just every asset, just all over the team. Yeah. Um, and, think, and Bennett, Bennett's the type yeah. of guy. It seems like he, he didn't have that in Calgary. So it's, yeah, it, no. it's, it's, it's no, awesome there, to see. There was no uh, direct uh, like player to imprint on him. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, right. Barkov's a few years older than Bennett, which is, you know, crazy to think about. Yeah. He's a couple years older than him. I think one or two, Bennett's 24. And I think Barkov is 26. Yeah. So, I think that's right. And he's a captain. And he's been a captain. And I think that's the kind of captain he is, you know, there's yeah. some criticism for him as a captain. Even last year, people were like, is he the guy to lead this team? And he's this, he is the strong silent type. He's not a very talkative guy. He's, yeah. he's, he's a pretty quiet dude from everything that we've seen um, over the years. But he, like you said, he's a guy that leads by example and seeing that kind of behavior and commitment in the locker room, when you're a guy in the locker room with a guy like that, it's, it's infectious. It's contagious, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of guys like Gudis is a professional like that. works really hard. I know Hornquist is absolutely relentless with his like off ice regiment and how he works out. Those are all guys that imprint on the team and they came in this year and, and seeing all those professionals and the way that they work again, it's, it's, it breeds that culture of success and winning. And, 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 you know, it's the reason why, the penguins have been good for so many years and, and the red wings were once great for so many years. It's it's, you breed that culture of, of not like, like wanting to win, expecting to win. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're going to win. We're the better hockey team. We work harder. We do more. We are the, the better team. And you can, that, that elevates guys who are drafted as fourth or third line guys into second and f- first line guys. That gives, yeah. that, that makes players better. That's why, a guy can draft in the fifth round, come into an environment that breeds his success for him and suddenly turn into this incredible hockey player, right? Yeah. It's, 
it's I think they've really found something here. And I, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. You know, I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it, it it's harping back to what you have said from the beginning of the show. Uh, and what we talked about the the energy, like it just feels different. It yeah. feels different this time. I can I can almost talk about it with you confidently without the fear that everything is going to fall apart within a year. And that's and that is with the uncertainty of the roster. Right. 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 We might lose a few of these guys. We will probably lose a few of these guys. Wenberg is going to get more money. Unless unless Wenberg is like, I absolutely love it here, and you guys turn my career around, I'll sign two more years for $3 million. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, oh, my God, that'd be... There's so a couple nice of those guys, yeah. Vetrano is another one, right? He's another Vetrano's one. coming up. He's got. He's going to ask for at least $4 million. Um, yeah. I would I would hate to lose Vetrano. He's he's a big heart and soul guy on this team. Um. Bennett is a restricted free agent this year. I still think Bennett will get a pretty good deal because, you know, well, okay, you played 15 great games here or whatever, but before that, you know, we can't, we're not going to sign you to a contract of you being a point and a half game player. Like it's like, it's just, yeah. And if you look, that's at not whole, a reasonable expectation. No. Him. And if you look at the it's whole not situation, David. <laughs> right. And if you look at the whole situation too, I mean, this is the first time he's gone to another franchise and it's worked out really well so far so for him to like suspiciously okay. well right yeah yeah so it's like all right i'll just go somewhere else now like it no. seems like there's a conversation that's going to be had with his agent like let's just let's make this work you know yeah like, I, I see him getting like two or three deal, year deal like a sort of a bridge deal yeah where it's like okay here's here's three and a half million dollars for what you've done maybe four if you do it again in two years we'll give you six or seven or whatever right yeah yeah yeah, it'll but, it'll it'll be interesting. But even with the unknowns with this roster and this franchise, I speak to you confidently about where they're headed, which is uh, unfamiliar territory for me. <laughs> yeah, I think for all of us Panthers fans, right? Yeah, last time I, I did that, I think I was nine years old. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's what a fun season, man. It was, a, it was a really fun season, especially as we were saying during COVID, like as we're all trapped at home, like what a great time to have some good hockey to watch. I mean, it was yeah. such a, yeah. What better great. year to be glued to a hockey team. <laughs> yeah, for Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Hey, th- thanks. Thanks for, uh, for doing this. I think, uh, I don't know. It was fun. I hope we do it a lot more in the future and just, we should, we yeah, should. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I really enjoy this. Are you any plans for the game on Sunday tomorrow? You know, I don't game know. One? So every Sunday, my wife goes to, so we, we, we get a nanny that comes here twice a week. Cause I work from home Monday through Friday and my wife being a nurse, she works three times a week. So two of those times is the weekday, a, yep. a weekday. And then she does one weekend day, which is Sunday. So I have the baby all day Sunday from when he wakes up at like six 30 to when I put him to bed at like seven 30. Uh, a lot of the time, I mean, I, I, I typically watch those games and a lot of the times it's went during his nap. So I'll be watching. It's funny. We were talking about uh, a couple of days ago where I don't know if I'm going to be able to access it. Cause I kept seeing it's going to be on Bally sports and I'm out of net. I'm out of market here. I was like, am I going to get, but I just saw just right before this call, it's actually, it's on uh NBC sports network out it here. Is. So, yep, oh, it so be. it's like, Oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to have it. I don't know why yeah, or where I saw that. It's but. blacked out um, nationally in like South Florida region. Got it. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For people to watch Bally sports. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say like, geez, am I not going to like, they're not going to have the Panthers nationally on uh, the playoffs. I thought, but yeah, anyway, so I was wrong about that. So I'll have it. Um, so I, I, I had one friend out in LA 
that was a, a big Panther fan that just moved back to Florida mm. last year. So it's like, I'm kind of on my own out here as yeah. 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 Uh, you and I are in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely all alone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll just be, I'll be watching it with the, the, the baby on my lap. And That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That'd what about fun. you? Uh, no, I mean, again, yeah. lone wolf up here. Yeah. So, I will be watching by myself and uh, critiquing yeah. every second that I can. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm very excited though. This is it feels good, man. It feels good to be a, a good hockey team. <laughs> you know? It does, and it's exciting playoffs. I think everyone's kind of excited to start facing other teams and and seeing other teams more consistently. I, everybody's kind of been watching their own team in their own division. Yeah, like I keep telling people. Um, about the Carolina Nashville series. And I keep telling people like, oh, everyone's like, no, Carolina's going to dummy them. Carolina's going to, and I, I, like we talked about this. I, yeah. I think Nashville has a real chance and I'm, no Leafs fan has watched more Nashville hockey than I have this year. All right. 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 Like I know none of you have. Okay. And if you <laughs> say that you're lying. Okay. Cause I know you're not watching a Panthers predators game in February. Okay. I know you're not. Right. So I, I, I again, Carolina might might dummy them, but I, I think Nashville's got something something special right now. They, I mean, they beat the Panthers uh, down the stretch. I think, and they they almost beat them a second time. They had a lead yeah. in the third period. Yeah, they turned some things around the, the last. They half they the changed season. their style. They changed yeah. their complete style of play, and they're playing much more physical. And Carolina really struggles with that. Carolina, yeah. it, Carolina's a big team, but they're kind of soft and. They and Soros is also a great goaltender down there. So I think, oh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I like Nashville on that, but I, you know, everyone's ready to start seeing teams play other teams. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll... no conference trophies this year. Did you hear that? I didn't know that. Yeah. They're not going to award the Eastern conference and the Western conference trophies this year because there is no, there, there is none. Technical, yeah. Cause they're rese- they're receding at the top four spot. Right. So it's interesting. There is actually a scenario where um, the Leafs could play Florida. Yeah. And that could be fun for everyone but me. Uh, <laughs> well, you- I, I, I had a conversation with my buddy and I said, I would rather the Panthers lose in the conference finals than to lose the Leafs in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, I <laughs> yeah. I could not take that. I could not take that living in this city, knowing that the Leafs broke their Stanley Cup like dry spell against the florida panthers i i i'd have to move man i have to move yeah i can't live here anymore (laughs) so i'd rather just not even have that opportunity but but in that same breath the panthers winning the cup over the Leafs would also be pretty yeah yeah for sure but they won't they won't be uh letting any fans into the playoffs in canada right i mean we're still too far but uh there there was talks about um letting some some people in for the leafs games and stuff like that but um doug ford our, our premier here which is like uh equivalent to like a state senator i guess or or no no governor, governor, governor yeah, yeah yeah so um he just extended our stay-at-home order until june 2nd which is i mean i i don't really get it anymore stay-at-home yeah. order but like you go outside the parks are full everyone's outside everyone's doing their own thing like yeah basically yeah. just small businesses suffering so it's Right. That's a whole other discussion that I want to get. <laughs> yeah. But uh it looks like they're not gonna let fans in, unfortunately. So yeah, it will be a, a, a what I'm interested to see is what they what they do when when um 
they have to meet up with the American teams because one of those teams is going to move on and it's going to have to be in the States. And that it's still hasn't really before. been discussed yet, right? No, there's no open borders yet. So my guess is like, hypothetically, if it's the Leafs, like they go down to Buffalo, Buffalo. and they play down uh, in Buffalo for the series. But again, A, that's super weird. Yeah. B, like, I it's just looks so... It's so, I just seems so bush, but I guess there's no other way around it. The other fact is that their North playoffs don't start until next Thursday. That's so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, to to see, to see Vancouver and, uh, is it the Flames? I'm I'm looking at the score, like the, um, games for today. It's Vancouver Edmonton at 3 30. And then round one of the playoffs start with Boston and Washington. Well, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's so stupid. Like at TSN, we have our playoff preview shows, and they're airing on Monday. And there's already oh, like wow. a couple, we're already a couple of games into the playoffs. And yeah, like, it's weird. Yeah. Well, then also, I mean, Vancouver's playing like they're not even sniffing the playoffs, and they're playing for the next like week, just finishing yeah. out the like. I think Calgary and Vancouver have to finish a couple of games next week, and it's yeah. like the most meaningless games in NHL history. Yeah, like, it's literally. really weird. It is very weird. It's like the NBA when they started like the playoffs in one conference before the regular season. I never understood that. Like, yeah, they be... do do that there. Yeah, I, the I get, I get this year because it's a little weird and you have to obviously make adjustments right. in a year like this. But I always feel like it should be a hard cutoff. Like the playoffs don't start until everyone in the season is done. Like, yeah, I've always felt that was weird. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I guess when you don't do that, like you, some of these teams get long rests, right? So they they're just trying to like keep it i don't know i'm assuming that's what the thought is there i don't know it is but like you're gonna always have that situation because yeah one team will sweep a team in the first round the other team will play seven games it's just right? is what it is yeah teams off for 10 days so think about this think about if tampa sweeps okay bad example say because <laughs> i just realized i have to play the same teams in the division again but so yeah, yeah. say we're in this we're in the finals of the divisions and carolina plays tampa whatever let's say um they sweep Tampa. Carolina sweeps Tampa. And then Toronto plays Edmonton and they go seven games. Their series already started late because their first round started late. Yeah. And they go seven games, whereas Tampa and Carolina went four games. I feel like it could be three weeks between series. Yeah. And then what? Like yeah. It's, and then yeah. you add quarantine of this team having to go to like, they can't just go to the States and play the next day. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a seven day, at least mandatory quarantine that they have to follow. Right. And I think this there is was a logistics nightmare that I would not want. Yeah. To it's going to be weird. I think there was even mentions of doing a bubble again. And the players were like, I heard that too. Yeah. They're like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not doing that. Not. Doing I can't blame him, man. That was tough. No, dude. but I wonder if they do it for the finals. If a Canadian team is involved, maybe. Or do you? I mean, that, that problem's already going to come into effect in the in the semis, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because that's when they have to move down to face whatever American team is left. Yeah, whatever American team is left. It'll be, I mean, like like everything this year, it'll be interesting to see how. It plays yeah, out. for sure, for sure. It's just been one of those seasons, right? Yeah. Hopefully, next season we'll all be back to normal. We'll see. <laughs> I, I I just really want to see some different teams, man. I can't. I yeah, can't. yeah. It it's... was a real it was a real slog at the end here. Oh, like seeing Columbus for the eighth time, like, holy <laughs> shit, they are terrible. <laughs> just yeah, like one of the bad. worst hockey teams. It's bad. Yeah. I will, welcome, I will welcome seeing the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks again. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to start going to some uh, some Kings games again when the Panthers come out. Are, are Kings tickets affordable? Or are they... Right now? Nowadays? 
uh like in general like after the cup run or like in general like have they have they been like did they skyrocket after they won their cups or it's not bad i mean i was always buying them uh like on on StubHub or okay you know, scalpers yeah, or yeah you can't yes. buy from the the team in toronto no. you have to buy scalpers yeah and I, I had a friend that worked for the kings for years and she used oh, nice. to hook me up with with some tickets uh but that, that was a while ago now so I, I used to get really good tickets for free but that stopped a few years ago but yeah then i mean every time the panthers came it was just like that's the 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 one game that i'd go to and sometimes i'd go down to An- anaheim and i was okay like spending- what would you drop on tickets uh, on StubHub, sometimes it'd go a hundred to a hundred thirty, and then I'd get center ice somewhere between like fifth to tenth row for a hundred and twenty bucks or hundred and thirty, yeah. dude. Yeah. Um. So that and that'd be like Stub StubHub. Um. And a lot of the move. What I figured out the move was to buy those tickets very close to puck drop because they, they're not selling out. No, Kings are no. not selling out playing the no. Panthers. No, and especially like the Kings right now when they stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you just you'd see on StubHub the prices as it got closer to puck drop, they drop, they drop, they drop. I'm like, all right, I'll buy that. That's really but smart. That that was the move. We we did that a few times. And uh, like I said, I, I had a buddy out here that was a, a Panther fan, and we'd go to all the games. I actually, I put out a, a video. I don't know if you saw it on on my Instagram account where uh, we were at the Kings game. It was. I think three weeks before the pandemic, Panthers played the Kings. It was February twenty. Oh, that stinker game 3rd. where they got dummied. The Panthers won. Pan- Panthers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pan- Panthers. Uh, they won. I don't. I don't remember what the score was, but uh, oh no, that was the game in Florida where they beat them. I think that was the year that the Kings beat them in Florida. Okay. So yeah, we, I remember uh, there was one one game last year where I was like, "You're losing to this Kings team. Yeah, like, it's a bunch of AHLers. Like, what are you guys doing?" Yeah, no, we we smoked them, and uh, I I was actually on okay, good the Florida broadcast like three or four times. I mean, my buddy, cause after, I mean, we were having beers after every goal. Uh, that means just, I saw you. I saw yeah, you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, actually uh, during the intermission, there was an interview going on while me and my buddy went out to go get oh, a beer. I did see this. Okay. Did okay. See. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. during that interview, we we're just like, go behind the camera. I'm wearing this Jersey and I'm just nice. like, <laughs> 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 yeah. So that was great. And then I, I saw someone on uh, the, uh, the panther subreddit they're like dude i saw you and like they sent me videos of it that's awesome oh great <laughs> um good memory so I, yeah i i, I don't know I, I miss that so hopefully we'll be able to do that next season again and yeah it all goes back to normal yeah the, the move for me up here is to drive down to buffalo actually oh yeah is, how far of a drive is that it's not too bad right 90 minutes okay 90 yeah. minutes it's like with crossing the border like it's yeah. really not that bad for uh 100 canadian up here you can sit sometimes 100 usually 120 you sit like pretty high yeah nose, like bordering on nosebleeds yeah um yeah king's game i could i could spend like like 35 40 bucks for that american and that's still a good seat like it's still a yeah. pretty good seat like yeah, it's I, not bad. hockey's pretty good from up top yeah no complaints. Hey, staples center um, it's a fun place to be i mean exactly exactly yeah. um in buffalo it's so buffalo does their their games in tiers yeah so like the Leafs games are gold tier because they're a hot rivalry. Yeah. Panthers are bronze tier. Yeah. So basically their tickets are free. Like they're paying yeah. you to take them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It can't be too many uh, Panther fans. 110 bucks gets me up on the glass. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. So yeah. I'm like hitting the glass for $110. Yeah. Like it's. I've, we've done that a few times, me and the wife, and, and it's it's been fun. Sometimes that's you cool. don't want to make the drive in the winter because you yeah. don't know what, what, what weather's going to be like that day. And like Buffalo is right by the lake, man, and they get snow squalls like all the time. 
Like I have driven home in some pretty bad snowstorms after some bad Panthers games. Yeah, like it's it sucked. Yeah, has, has but, your uh, as your wife adopted the the Panthers as well? Is is that or she's not much of a sports? Yeah, fan. She's okay, not too big on it. But like you know, she supports. She's, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. pseudo fan. She kind of likes the Rangers. Like oh, just, that's funny. She kind of yeah. just adapted or was attracted to that team. I mean, I think part of it has to do with Henrik Lundqvist and literal attraction. I mean, yeah, um, <laughs> it's a beautiful man. Hey, uh, he is a beautiful man. Those locks and he plays guitar like he's got everything going for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also glad to hear he's doing better like health wise yeah. this year after that yeah. scare. So that was sure. that was nice to hear. Um, but anything to get her to like watch the games and, and yeah. show interest but she's she's yeah i'm, I'm, never, I'm never gonna force my fandom onto her but she's now nah, she's yeah. supportive in any way you can ask right yeah so um, yeah it's, but she it's comes funny. to me with with the games and stuff like that so that's nice yeah yeah it's funny that this year uh my wife was saying man you, you watched a lot of hockey uh throughout the pandemic it's like this is the first year where i feel like i know all the names on the Panthers. Cause every time she comes home from work, I'm watching like the post game interviews The yep. game had just finished yep. this whole year. They've been winning more often yes. than not. So you're so actually like, inclined to watch the yeah. post game interviews. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she yes. just knows all the names. It is like, <laughs> I, I uh, mentioned the, the night that Ekblad got injured. Yeah. And I, I, I said, I told her, I'm like, Oh no, really? And I'm like, yeah, look at, I, I played her the video i'm like yeah look and she started crying she was like oh, oh no. she was so upset and i was like yeah was my like, wife also got pretty emotional she's yeah like, oh, no not yeah. ekblad like she was because she was like my birthday was coming up so she was like thinking about buying me a uh, ekblad jersey yeah yeah her, this name was very prominent in her head over the last like yeah couple weeks leading up to that right yeah so it was it was yeah, it was one of those things where, like, yeah, the spouses are feeling it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, she's like, oh, so like he was having such a good year, right? I'm like, yeah, he was having. Yes, he year. was having a good year. <laughs> and like, you see, like Yandel, like crying on the side. She's yeah, just, like, oh, she got all emotional. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sucks. It's hard not to get emotional, man. And like yeah. to hear him also like screaming and writhing in pain like that—that's like, bad. A big a, tough dude yeah. feeling a lot of pain. Like that's scary. Like you that immediately was... think like his career's over, right? Like that's yeah. like what you think, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's been a fun year, man. It's been really enjoyable. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun chatting with you uh, just through through Instagram. You know what I mean? Like to have somebody to to just talk yeah, Panthers the, the with. The friendship like... that has grown from this has been really <laughs> yeah. nice. I must say. I must yeah, say. for sure. I did not expect to make friends when I started doing this podcast. So right. it's been really nice. I right. really have enjoyed this and, and talking to you and and yeah, having someone to bounce this, these things off of and stuff like that and and just how much how, how helpful you've been with me um with the podcast stuff and and helping me sort of like catch my bearings and that it's been very appreciated appreciated over the last few months. oh so yeah yeah for sure thank man. you so much for that i, I really appreciate that of course very helpful yeah nice. well cool man i guess uh yeah we, i guess we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up um sounds good yeah this was awesome like i said i said we, we do this again even if it's i don't know summer or even if we just start talking podcast shit and not not uh panther shit if you have any yeah. uh you know we could bounce ideas off each other or, um but either way thanks for uh taking a couple hours out of your saturday and sitting this down was a chat pleasure man yeah this is a pleasure I, yeah we'll next do this time again. next time maybe we do it with a couple beers <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah this is good <laughs> yeah cool but i don't i don't know if i call you brunswick or alex i see alex and you call Zoom. me alex you can call me alex <laughs> call gotcha. me brunswick, whatever you feel like cool Honestly, brunswick is a nickname that i've had since uh like high school i moved here gotcha. from new brunswick and people yeah. just call you that yeah yeah the quick story is basically they 
I was a new kid in class and the guy was calling me new kid and I wouldn't respond because like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not going to respond to new kid. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck are you? Like, and he calls me Brunswick. And then finally I turned around. And I was like, what? Like, what do you want? Like annoyed. Right. And then the, the nickname just kind of stuck. Yeah. And it's been my nickname for almost 20 years now. Next year. Oh, okay. 20 years. I'll call you Brunswick then. That works. I mean, people call me Alex. <laughs> Alex is perfectly fine. It is okay. my name after all. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> so don't don't feel like weirded out. Call yeah. me whatever. Whatever. I, you know. It's... As long as I don't call you new kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> all right, this Alex. is really fun, man. I really enjoyed yeah. this, man. This Absolutely. Really good. Yeah. Let's hope, do it hope, again. We got something good for the show. So. Yeah. 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 For sure. I think. Looking uh, forward to hearing it. Absolutely. All right, Alex. We'll talk soon. Hey, go cats, go man! Big game on Sunday. We'll chat yeah. before that, but you know. Yeah, for sure. Go Panthers. All right, All right Take bud. Take care, man. Later. Later. Later.